Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian. So let's get into it with the recap. After Din Djarin tracks and kills a bounty, he delivers the bounty's head for directions to a Mandalorian hideout. There, he finds the armorer and Paz Vizsla, who inspect the Darksaber that he won from Moth Gideon. The armorer explains that whoever wins the Darksaber in combat can become the ruler of Mandalore. The armorer molds Jaren's Beskar spear into a gift for Grogu after explaining that Beskar is for armor, not weapons. Vizsla, a descendant of the Darksaber's creator, challenges Din Jaren to a duel. Jaren defeats Vizsla, but reveals that he broke the Mandalorian's code by removing his helmet and is stripped of his title as a Mandalorian. Jaren leaves on a transport to visit Pelimato on Tatooine, who has an old N1 starfighter to replace the Razor Quest. Together, they fix and modify the starship before Jaren goes on a test flight. Upon his return to the station, Fennec arrives and asks him to assist Boba Fett in the upcoming war. He agrees, but only after he pays a visit to a little friend. My first thought is I feel horribly guilty that this is my favorite episode of this series so far. Yeah, it's kind of damning that the best episode of... The Book of Boba Fett is a Mandalorian season three pilot episode that doesn't have Boba Fett in it at all. Yeah, it's all about Mando. And I loved it. I love every moment of it. Bryce uh, did an amazing job <laughs> directing it. Um, I'm not a fan of Robert Rodriguez directing in this series, but Bryce Dallas Howell did just such an amazing job with this episode. I mean, the elevator shot, the elevator shot of just no coverage, you know, like going in awkward elevator moment with the alien like what and then that's the double takes and the looks that was just hilarious then we get all the way down to the actual you know meeting and it's still no coverage no coverage and then we go right back into the elevator and we go and we don't cut until he's on his way to the lower levels till he like exits the lower levels it's it was a great shot all of it yeah it was it was amazing i i noticed that as well it was in my notes um loved it well i loved how the episode started it felt like the criminal underworld from an Italian mafia movie. It had the the crime vibe boss immediately with the meatpacking room that was straight out of Rocky. It was just straight out of Rocky. What are those aliens called again? Clatoonians? Clatoonians, I think. But I don't care. I don't care about the names. They're too ugly to care about. They're, they look obnoxious in general. They look like the typical Italian crime boss who thinks he's all that, but really he ain't. And you can tell by the way he treats his workers. That doesn't even look like me. <laughs> it's right there, man. Even I can tell it's you through all that. But the big question is, more than anything else, and it's kind of weird for me to say, and maybe I'm just like a beef jerky fan, but like, I want to try some of that alien exotic meat, don't you? I want to see, is that Tauntaun? Is that Bantha? Or one of those kitty lizards from Attack the Clones? Like, that looks some good looking meat. I feel like Bantha would be really, really gamey. Yes, Bantha would be really gamey. Tauntaun, I wonder, like, I mean, has everyone eaten polar bear? Is that like a... It's like a, a polar horse kind of a vibe, which would also kind of be gamey. So I guess at the end of the day, we're really hoping that's Kitty Lizard. Damn, though, that fight scene, I, I loved it. But Mando fucking sucks with that saber. Yeah, but that's I, that's what I loved about it is like, you know, we're always having the conversation about um, how like, oh, not anybody could use a lightsaber, man. And it's like this showed I know they gave like canon reasons of why he kind of sucks with it because he's fighting against the saber. But what I loved about it is that it showed that not anybody could wield a saber. Him slicing his own half his, half his thigh off just really made it something that showed that it was more than it needed more than skill to use. That it's, it requires something extra special. And he's not force sensitive. So my 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 young in the cafeteria rant nerd boy really felt cool about that because I loved that he. 
got hurt using it. Yeah, no, and just watching him swing it around like that, like it actually felt like there was a weight to it. As opposed to, you know, in any of the prequel movies where people are just flipping around, fucking doing crazy shit. Like, I don't know. I, I like the way it was presented. Yeah, me too. Let's talk about that Halo Ring City. Like, that was fucking epic out of Halo. I, I just the whole setup of that, the design of it was so cool. I want, I want, I hope we go back to that city. Yeah, I, I don't think we've ever really seen anything like that in Star Wars. No, nothing like that in Star Wars or in other sci-fi. We don't haven't seen a lot of things like that. I mean, really, like it's famous for being in Halo. Also Gundam. Gundam. Fine. I'll give you Gundam. Not as familiar with Gundam as other people are. So I apologize to the fans who are listening and are all into Gundam and saying, he didn't know Gundam. I don't know Gundam. Sorry. I'm in a Transformers dude. You know, there's room for all mech shows, Joseph. It's Macross and Transformers. That's it. No Gundam. But is it Macross or is it Robotech? Now I'm educated, so now it's fucking Macross. But the underground corridors of that facility were so cool. Like it had when you entered into that the Mandalorian realm of that, it just had such a temple. Like a, it had such a Star Wars temple vibe, even though it was just the underground facility of the Ring City. It was so cool, so stylized, and just made me feel like there was a religious energy there. It's just oh, the, the way they designed it. I loved it. Yeah, I was not expecting to see the armorer or Paz Vizsla alive again has fucking Vizsla fuck that guy you knew as soon as they reminded you of his last name that like there was going to be a struggle for that saber oh yeah as soon as they're like oh that was my ancestor my ancestor made that blade blah 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 shut up Vizsla you're being such a fucking Vizsla ah he's always going to be that way his family is always going to be that way clone wars and rebels it's a Vizsla is a Vizsla is a Vizsla I mean, maybe the original Vizsla, like the Jedi Vizsla was okay, but like his saber has caused so much shit. I know. I really want a flashback or or our own story to what that Vizsla was like, because I want to know that like it started from a good place, kind of like Jesus Christ started from a good place and then became like representative of an asshole for the remainder of history. You know, like Christianity, not the greatest in the universe, like oppressive and bullshitty, but like maybe the original OG Jesus Christ was all cool and awesome. Maybe the original Vizsla was cool and awesome, but nope. Everyone in his family since then that we know, asshole. Speaking of misplaced religion, <laughs> don't you just love the call out of, oh, you took off your mask, get the fuck out of my cult? Yeah, pretty much. It was like, nope, you broke the rules, you're out. Well, how do I redeem myself? Uh, you have to bathe yourself in the waters of, of ancient Mandalore. Uh, they're gone now. Not my problem. Sucks to be you. <laughs> really? It was like, out, get out. But it also, it, like he was going to stay there. Like he was looking for a home. Like, he was looking for a place to serve. So, like, at the end of the thing, it, it offered the narrative, like, a way for him to get out of there and to go off again on his own little journey. And I'm pretty sure the series is going to continue following him through to Mandalore, and he's going to find, like, a puddle. And he's going to, like, bathe in the puddle. I, I hope that the journey that he goes on from here is him realizing that he can't go home again to that cult. Like, he's he's met other Mandalorians who aren't super crazy and are okay with showing their faces, and I hope that he just grows past this like religious fundamentalist cult that he was in. I do like the armor so much though. Not the Vizsla. The Vizsla can go the fuck away and fall off. One of those unrailed gantries that are famous in Star Wars and die. I don't care about Vizsla. But I like the armor. She's honorable even though she's a cult leader. I loved I loved that she was spinning some history though. Yeah. And thus we got this awesome like uh, flashback, which was so Terminator. You know, the TIE Fighters, the destruction of Mandalore, the destruction of the Dome to like, you know, the, the Terminators running through the city, then killing anything that moves afterwards. Like it was so fucking cool. 
like damn like give us a movie of that yeah those k2 droids were super terminator-esque it was very judgment day oh completely completely judgment day um so okay here's the here's the big money question now for us all um what did the armor forge for grogu it looked like some mithril ass armor to me. Yes, that was my thought. I have a friend of mine who's like, "No, it's a lightsaber hilt." There's no, there's not, he's not Frodo Baggins. I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's, it's, it's either a Beskar ball, you know, because I thought it'd be cute for him to make his own Beskar ball, like the ball that he had when you know, like he was playing with the little handle thing, or it's, it's, it's armor. I mean, those little rings are for something, and it just looked like chainmail. So I'm on the the chainmail armor thing. And I, I don't think it could be a weapon because as the armor was melting down that sphere, which RIP sphere, because I thought that sphere was super cool. Yeah, I'm really sad about the sphere too. You're not alone with that. She brought up the fact that Beskar is meant for armor, not weapons. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be defensive, not a thing. Um, my friend's like, no, it's going to be a, a lightsaber hilt. And I'm like, no, it wouldn't be a lightsaber hilt because Jedi are supposed to make their own hilt. Why would he make Grogu a hilt that he himself is responsible for making within his own religion? doesn't make any sense does your friend listen to this podcast no but that's fine well i'm gonna call him an idiot you can call him an idiot he's a dummy <laughs> he also thought uh tony stark was the soul stone back in like end game days so he's really got to rein it back in with these theories and he's got to work on that he's got to work on that um so all right i like the the fight he's fighting against the blade and that there's a metaphor there but i'm curious like does that mean that he has to be force sensitive or he has to just embrace that he's the leader of mandalore you know, like shit like that. Like, that's the big question here. I want to say it's probably the latter. Okay. I think he's resisting the call. The call to be, I guess, the fucking, the Mandalore. The uniter of the remnants of Mandalore. The man the king. He's the man. He's the man. DeLorean. <laughs> I wanted DeLorean so bad. But what if Din Djarin drove a Mandalorian? Oh, that would be, I want that poster. I want that poster now. Speaking of DeLorean, off topic, yesterday, a friend of mine took me to uh, the um, some mall near Hacienda Heights, and it was the original Twin Pines Mall. Oh, that's awesome. It made me so excited to see like the area where Marty McFly skateboarded down. And I was like, oh my god. I, I was in the car taking video and like doing the whole Alan Silvestri theme. I was like, if you know, you know, bitches. Speaking of things that Mandalorian can drive, though, holy shit, this N1 Starfighter. Yep. Yeah, it's not, it's not Anakin's. We, someone already checked on that. They checked the numbers and the registry and all this stuff. It's not Anakin's. But uh, the Starfighter is cool. And I love the paint job he gave it. And to me still, that that the thing that stood out to this episode... I mean, this episode was really cool. All right. Just want to make sure that that asshole was gone. Um, the thing about this episode that I just made me my heart swell. Fucking BD was in this episode. Was it the same BD droid, though? I, I mean, like, you're calling him BD. I mean, like, do you call all R2? I guess you do call all r You do call all R2s R2s. Like, damn, but, like, it's just, it's BD. I love that droid so much. I fell in love with the droid during the video game. I want it to be BD in my headcanon, unless someone tells me otherwise, it's BD. In that same vein, and I think this is more of a possibility, that R5 has got to be the same R5. Oh, it is the same from, R5. From A New Hope. Because it's it has, like, the little, little thing where it's motivator... Um, unit blew up it has like a wound it has like a scar there so like it is the same r5 i feel like her garage is the land of misfit droids like that's it it's just like if you if you if you're left behind as a droid on tatooine then you you get you go to her garage and they and she will take care of you 
She'll definitely take care of you if you're a Jawa. Oh, yeah. She dated Jawas, and apparently they're really furry, so. Amy Sedaris fucked a Jawa. She did. Amy Sedaris fucked a furry Jawa. And was very proud of it. She kept repeating it over and over and over again. Yeah, she was like, hey, I used to date Jawas. I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, wait, what? I used to date a Jawa. Hey, you remember I used to date Jawas? Hey, you know, don't worry. I got you. Ah, what the? Ah, no, go away. I used to date Jawas all the fucking time. It's like, all right, we get it. You dated a fucking Jawa. Not something to be proud of. This is like Guardians of the Galaxy now. 100%. I bet you that wasn't in the script. That was probably ad lib. <laughs> maybe she mentioned it once because maybe, or maybe it was complete ad lib. And they were like, just go for it. It works for our story. Not that you know Jawas. You you biblically know Jawas. Like, all right, whatever you want, Amy. Whatever you want. Um, but yeah, going back, I love BD so much. I loved his little dance. I loved him helping him with the ship. All of that was great. All of it was fucking wonderful. Made me happy. There was a lot of episode one love in this episode. I mean, the, the pod racing, the revisiting the pod racing, which almost some of the cinematography matched. That was what was so cool about it. The cinematography really matched the pod racing scene. And I'm not a big fan of episode one, but watching that did bring me great, like happiness and joy to see that race that way. There was even the breeze from where Anakin, like, um, you know, raced through the, the, the little divider thing. And there was the, the breeze were still there. That's how much attention to detail they had. All I could think as he raced down beggars Canyon was now this is pod racing. Now this is pod racing. And then like we got at the end, like, Oh, how was that test flight wizard? <laughs> He's bringing it back, bringing it back. Fucking Mando is bringing it back. Good. Good for him. Good for him. But it was all, it was all just so fucking cool. And the ship does really look better in like this Beskar silver. Yeah, it does. But ah, oh, it's Nubian. Huh? It's Nubian. Uh, no Watu cameo. It suits him. It suits, I would have loved, you know what, to be honest, I would have loved a, a, a Watu cameo in the back somewhere, like giving the, that's probably where the Jawas got some of the parts. It was like old, old man Watu, still, still, still bringing it, looking like a prune, a flying fucking prune. Probably not even flying. He's probably like walking barely. That droid port is totally going to be a booster seat for Grogu, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It has to be. It's just too fucking obvious. So that's definitely where it's going. I have that listed in my notes like that, that, that droid compartment's going to be for Grogu. I will say this, like I, the thought of fucking Din Djarin flying a starfighter, wielding the dark saber, maybe got a baby Yoda in the backseat. Super cool. But to be a bounty hunter, that ship is pretty impractical. Like he has no place to like. No, I know. To store all of his people. He's going to have to just tie them to the wing. He's just gonna be beheading everyone from now on to save space. Yeah, and just to put the heads in the little in the little compartment with Grogu, it's fine. Oh, maybe it's a head compartment. It's a head compartment for all the headless bounties that he has to get. That's where it's going. I'm glad he got the ship though, because he can't be taking the space bus. They won't let him bring on his weapons. No, they won't. I feel like that's gonna come back to haunt us. I feel like he's gonna do it on the way back, and people are gonna steal his shit, or they're gonna lose his luggage or something. Because why? Why do that? You don't need to do that. You know, you took like a whole five minutes of our of our episode to like devote to this luggage safety issue. This is like the the, the droid TSA bullshit. Like, I, I don't know why. So this is going to come back and haunt us, right? I don't know. I, I think it was just kind of for the fun of it. And now that he has his own ship, I don't think we're going to go back to it. All right, we'll see. We'll see. see. I did love that the attendant was an R3X droid. Yeah, I know. It's those Star Troid droids. I still feel like we're getting like slowly 
reminded every so often about the Starliner experience in Star Wars. Oh, 100%. That was definitely a mandate on this show. Like, just keep reminding everybody that they're Starliners, so they want to go and book a flight to someplace in Florida. Luke said it himself. If there's a bright, shining center of the galaxy, Tatooine is the farthest place from it. There is no reason why there should be Starliners going in daily to Tatooine. Yeah, none. And especially since like everyone looked like there were tourists coming out off that ship. Like, what what the fuck? Where are you going? This ain't Disneyland. This is, this is like going to North Vegas for tourism. Well, you know, there actually could be a little bit of like a tourist industry and Tatooine. Like, if people know that's where Darth Vader came from, it could be like Jack the Ripper tours. Like, oh, this is where this is where Darth Vader was a slave. This is, and this is where this is where his son grew up. Look at the look. You could still see the flaming remains of Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. We didn't move them for your pleasure. In fact, it's probably Watto that's like doing these tours. Hey, I knew Darth Vader when he was Annie. Little Annie. Damn, fucking Watto. Fucking that guy. <laughs> but I, I I like that we also got some more exposition on the Pikes. Like you know Annie, you know like we were told again that the Pikes have everything's gone to shit since. So more exposition for there. Um, and then this is, this is just, this is, I think we're getting, we're going to lead back into Boba. I just don't know when, because the episode was like, I need to go see my little friend, which by the way, if we don't get Grogu back to help in the next episode, and then when he is helping and fighting the good fight, Mando doesn't introduce him to say hello to my little friend. I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Like I need to say hello to my little friend moment now. Do you think he's actually going to bring Grogu to fight? What is he? He's like, first, I need to see my little friend. Like, he didn't say, all right, I'm going to go do this, and then I'm going to go see my little friend. He didn't do that. He, he, It wasn't like, I have this thing in my pocket to give to Grogu when I see him. Eventually, I'm going to go help Boba first. He was specifically, when Fennec Shand came all, like, spry and happy. Also, haven't seen Fennec Shand that happy ever. Like, okay. Fennec Shand was practically skipping. Well, I mean... She's she's an audience surrogate, Joseph. She's feeling what we were feeling the entire episode, where we were just super happy to see Din Djarin. I just think she's happy to be around someone who's competent at like what they do. Um, no offense, Boba, but you haven't really impressed me yet. Uh, not the show. The show is good. It's not as good as Mando. But I mean, just the way you fight and make decisions or really anything at this stage of the game. But she just seems so fucking happy and they're all buddy-buddy. But, but when she said that, all right, let's do this. She's like, I'll do it for free. But first, I need to see my little friend. But first, they didn't have to write that. So the next episode is going to be written by Dave Filoni. We know that for a fact. Pretty sure that's where that's heading. We're going to go see Grogu. I feel like the next episode is not going to have Din Djarin in it. And it's going to be them recruiting someone else. And then Din Djarin's going to pop up maybe with Grogu in the last episode. All right. And he must have another little friend. Still, still want the line. I still want the line. I want more episodes like this, which basically means I just want more Mandalorian. <laughs> it really is a shame, but it this the show has really, I think, validated what you and I have felt, that the Mandalorian is everything that everyone always wanted from Boba Fett, but better. Yeah. And Boba Fett, he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. And that's the thing, because you, 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 if, you, if you show, not tell, everyone's always been telling us how much of a badass Boba Fett is, but we've never seen it mandalorian was able to show us he is a fucking badass and he's amazing and he's emotional and we love you and we we are invested in this character we are completely invested in the character when when they implied that boba fett was coming back like my friend was like oh my god finally we're getting a boba fett show i'm like isn't mandalorian enough why would you double down on that why would you why would you why would you make another mandalorian 
thing. But I like that they're making Boba different. I just think Robert Rodriguez doesn't know how to direct as much anymore. Um, at least not this. Not in this kind of a way. A movie, yes. I love Battle Angel Alita. Or Alita Battle Angel, whatever you want to call it. But um, the way he does everything else, eh, I'm just not a fan specifically. He's not Tarantino. He wants to be. He wants to be this this hybrid of Cameron and Tarantino combined, but he's not. I listen. This show has this show has some good ideas and it has some good characters, but to be honest, yeah, it it really I don't think has been as well thought out, or as well directed, or as well storyboarded as The Mandalorian. Like to me, this show is fine, but maybe it could have just been an arc in The Mandalorian instead of its own show. I mean, really, that's what we're getting now. Depending on next episode, next episode is Mando and Grogu going to help Boba, then it's it really is just a teaser for Mando season three. It's a pit stop on the way. On the way. It's always about the journey, man. It's always about the journey. All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled infinite A cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.